let's see how it goes. Um, three, two, one. Just like the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, yeah, I think uh, we're here now with Paul Monday from Merton Group. Um, if you want to introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about Merton Group. Yeah, no problem. Um, just here to tell you a little bit about Merton Group's skincare offerings. So what we're trying to do is work with BHI, a lot of our distributors, to get a very cost-effective skincare system out onto the marketplace because a lot of people these days are using captive branded systems that they're all costing them lots of money and also not providing them real value for what they're using so what we're trying to do is we offer a non-branded solution so it's almost as if it's the Aldi model if you will so what we try and do is we offer something that's going to be exactly the same as your branded product it's going to be tested in the same ways it's going to be up to the same British standards it's going to do exactly the same job but it's not going to carry that hefty brand price tag that you might find what you need to do is look at what you're using at the moment as far as your skincare solution. First of all, make sure it's right for you. Second of all, make sure you've got the right dispensers. And what we can then do is change that over to our products, switch them out for you and offer you not only a massive cost saving, but potentially an improvement in the solution that you're using as well. Fantastic. Right, so if you uh, position yourself now in terms of the end user for the benefit, Obviously, cost is a big thing because most people always sort of buy on price, not necessarily buy on cost because cost is something way, way down the line. You position yourself in, in terms of a cost saving, a non-branded Analdi approach. Is it basically, is there any kind of drop off in terms of performance with your products against sort of the market leader, for example? Well, no, they're all tested and manufactured in exactly the same way through the same process. So what you'll find is they're the same as all the market leaders. So all the creams are going to be the same. You can have a scented and you get a non-scented cream. Mm -hmm. We do the same sort of barrier creams and the same sort of after work creams and the same sort of heavy duties. All our heavy duties also carry no microbeads. The legislation was brought in last year that you have yeah. no microbeads in your heavy duty soaps and your beaded soaps. So again, Why is that though? Is that the reason, the reason for that is is because the microbeads get into the water system and they block right. drains. So it was now produced with silica, so it now actually dissolves more like a sort of um, a sand-based right. okay, solution. Yeah, yeah. So it basically just dissolves and goes away with the soap as it's washed down the sink. So right. we were one of the first companies to remove all those to start okay, with. Yeah, yeah. So again, all those products now carry no microbeads, but they also will do exactly the same job. They're tested in the same way. They carry the same British standards, especially for things like sanitizers. They will kill yeah. to the same, le same rate be up to the EN1276 rate for killing germs and bacteria on hands. So again, it's an exactly the same like-for-like like switch, which doesn't carry the hefty price tag that the branded products do as well. Fantastic. Well, that's interesting when you're talking about the beaded one. I'm not going to mention the name, but it rhymes with Ofiga. Um That was the mainstay a lot of people had for a long period of time. And one of the concerns it had was the viscosity of the actual product itself. I mean, not only was it there was an impact sort of from a, a spreading of potential diseases in there. Um, but when it got into the water system, it just, just didn't break down. It took however many millennia to sort of break down and actually become neutral in that sort of sense. There was a product, I don't know if you had heard of it, um, I think it's called X-Clean or something from Belgium um, that had lanolin-based, uh, it's like a... Um, I don't know whether they use wood in their little sort of beaded things. Is that they anything? do, yeah. The, the lanolin ones have sort of come about over the You've seen them here and there. You don't see a lot of them on the marketplace right, now. Okay. A lot of people always use silica instead. And like you mentioned, the old Swafiga, in a tub, people scoop it out. Very, very unhygienic. You mm. get it all over the floor, so you've got slip and tri trip risks as well. Yeah. So the problems with that as well is you're putting dirty hands into the tub. So again, then you're scooping 
dirty product out of there which you're actually then trying to use to wash your hands yeah and a lot of the time you're finding with skincare as well as i mentioned to you before is a lot of people aren't using the right solutions or the right products in the right way just simply yeah, yeah. through lack of education like i mentioned a lot of the time in in heavy industry and in, in where you've got very soiled hands you find that people aren't using the creams properly so yeah. people won't be using the barrier cream after you wash your hands so you should really put a barrier cream on because that helps protect your hands between the next washing then when again you wash your hands again you reapply the barrier cream and it protects your hands stops the cracking and the breaking can stop dermatitis and conditions like that which mm -hmm. account for up to 60 percent of the sick days in the industry workplace when you're looking at skincare conditions as well yeah. plus once they come they're very very hard to get rid of mm -hmm. very very hard indeed so the idea is to protect against them so you use your barrier cream when you start your day's work Every time you wash your hands, you reapply the barrier cream. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you wash your hands and then use an after-work cream, and that gets in and then helps your hands repair and restore again before you come back to work again. So it really helps yeah. them to sort of regenerate, if you will, as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I sort of argue from a place of ignorance because I mean, what you've described earlier on today and what you just described there, I always assume that you use barrier cream after you've washed your hands. I didn't realise that you put it on at the start of the day. Yeah, and then obviously, then like you say, it's, it protects against the sort of um, the cracks and the cuts that you normally get. So but the funny thing is, in, in this climate right now, and we'll, we'll cover coronavirus in, in, in more detail a bit later on, but effectively that's one of the suspicions or one of the, uh, the anticipated ways that it's transmitted. Mucous membranes obviously cuts and grazes on your hands. So if you're in that environment where you do have abrasion on your hands, you're washing your hands constantly now, particularly with hand sanitizers, and the solvents defat your hands. So the barrier cream actually now, even though you might not necessarily, you might be working in an office like mm. we are, or going on the road or something, a barrier cream now, before and after you, you use hand sanitizer, might actually be a benefit. Otherwise, you, I mean, I've, I've been using hand sanitizer for the last week, and I can see cracks on my, on my fingernails. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking to myself, wait, I'm, I'm, I sell this stuff, and I'm talking about this stuff, but I'm not even using it myself. I'm like one of those doctors that smoke cigarettes and drinks <laughs> all the time. You know what I mean? It's like, do as I say, not as I do. So... Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how people, I mean, you're talking about the perception of the big six foot tall sort of uh, I'm a manly man type thing that their yeah. culture within the business, yeah, just an example, we all people that go, ah, I'm not using moisturizer. Mm. And then you show them the benefits of it, you kind of walk them down a little path and say, like you say, it's, you know, you need your hands to wash your hair or wipe your hair, drive a car. And Well, exactly. It's trying to, a lot of the time you're finding as well is when people put the products into workplaces, they don't have the proper education on how they should be used, no. why they should be used and what benefit people are going to have. So I've been in and done training at places before where people have got all kinds of horrific conditions and no one's explained to them why they should be using the creams. And a lot of the time when a, a lot of suppliers will go in, they won't give any thought to where these products are being situated. No. So for instance, you'll get a, a skincare board that will be in front of a sink. On that board, you've got a barrier cream, you've got a heavy duty and you've got an after work cream. In that washroom though, you'll wash your hands with the soap you'll go to the back wall to dry your hands, mm -hmm. the chances are you're not going to go back to the sink to put the barrier cream on. So in my opinion, things like that are positioned wrongly for people to actually use a product properly. The way I think it should be is you should have your heavy-duty soap by your sink mm -hmm. or and your standard soap if you're not needing the heavy-duty. Yeah. You wash your hands, you go to the towel place, the dryers, whether it's a dryer, hand towel, whatever, towel, yeah, dry yeah. your hands, then you apply the barrier cream as you leave in the washroom or on a little station just outside the washroom because then sense. you can reapply it through the day. Again, it's the same with hand sanitizers. A lot of people put them by a sink. Yeah. Whereas you wash your hands, and some people even use the wrong dispenser. They might yeah, put yeah. sanitizer on to wash their hands, which again is a total waste of, of product. Yeah. yeah. 
because it needs time to get into your hands to actually get the, the, the products and kill the germs and bacteria on there. Mm-hmm. You need a good 30 seconds of rubbing it through your fingers like you do. You've seen the, yeah. you've seen the how-to posters yeah, like you don't yeah. know how to do it. But again, that should be positioned either on washroom entrances or strategically round buildings so you can use it throughout the day. Uh, it needs to be sort of near door entrances. Yeah, and canteens, places like that as well, where you're going to get the, the most use out of it. And people are actually going to think about how they use it and, and where they're using it, yeah. rather than just... And at eye level as well, rather than lower yeah, or... sticking it by a sink when it's it's not going to be used as well. And I think I mentioned before as well the, the types of products people are using these days as well and, and how they're using it. So mm. A lot of the standard soaps, um, fragrance soaps and so on, are going to foam products, which we really, really recommend getting them in a pouch. Yeah. So the idea behind using a pouch soap is, first of all, there's no cross-contamination. Mm. When you're using a bulk fill soap, what happens is, you manufacture a state, you should be washing these dispensers out pretty much after every use. Because what happens if a soap is left to the open air, you've often seen them, they've got a little lid on. Mm-hmm. No one ever puts the lid back on. You no. look in them, the lid's always missing. Yeah. What happens is you refill it when it's half full, or the yeah. cleaner will, or whoever refills it. You're finding then, because it's such a thick, viscous product, it draws down from the top and through the middle, leaving the bottom corners, which the product could be in there for days, weeks, months, yeah. years potentially. That product has only got a shelf life of a certain amount of time, especially if it's open to the air as well. So it can start going off, growing bacteria on it. So using um, a bulk fill soap, it can get to the point if it's not maintained, you're actually washing bacteria back onto your hands. So the hygienic way of doing it is to put uh, a cartridge in. And the most economical way of doing that is making sure it's a foam cartridge. Mm -hmm. Because with foam, you not only get three times as many uses or just over as you would do with a liquid, you get many of the benefits. Like for instance, if you've seen people using a liquid soap, you put one pump on, two, three, four, five, six, seven sometimes, until you've got a big lump in your hands. Whereas with the foam, you get a nice foam ball, you get 40% better coverage around your hands. So you actually get a much better clean and a much better wash of your full hand as well. Also, because it's a foam, it washes off easier, so you actually use less water, so it's actually going to use... Better for the environment. Better for the environment as well. So and because you're using less products, there's obviously less transportation, storage cost, it's got impacts on your CO2 and your yeah. um, carbon footprint as well. If you want to go down that level, but if you're looking at people that might be working in the finance or the buying department, the bottom line is that it counts, doesn't it? Because they'll always look at it and go... Well, it costs, or if you can demonstrate that it actually costs them less. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I like the way that you've done the calculator thing. I think if we can, or you guys can get like a, a, an animation <clears throat> video to show that they, the way it would work, you put that in front of someone saying, that's typically what you spend from the information you've told me, and this is what we can save you year one, year two, or year three, or, or as a projection at that point. That's a lot harder to argue against. And yeah, definitely. in front of someone saying... Well, you see, compared to the branded products, when you're using our product, the non-branded version, the savings can be absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you can save 50, 60, 70% compared to a which lot of the branded ridiculous. products, which is crazy, yeah. especially people don't really think about how much soap they're using. And in an office building, you find it might have six, seven, eight floors, and you find each floor's got four washrooms on, each mm-hmm. washroom's got four or five soap dispensers. You're talking 100 plus dispensers in that office mm-hmm. and the amount some offices they're so busy these days they might be going through 100 cartridges a month and if each of those cartridges the branded version is costing you between 10 and 12 pounds a month the bills adding up and adding up you're spending yeah. thousands and thousands of pounds a year on soaps which is doing exactly the same job as something you could be spending half that amount on so even if you go down the route of getting a dispenser on a contract uh, and having it maintained or buying the product or buying the dispensers and having them installed and owning them, 
the savings in year one are still phenomenal and every year after that as well and a lot of companies when we we look at doing we we did a big project with um with a national company and what they were going to do is rather than um just use the savings to make obviously cost saving and keep the money Mm. they reinvested that into better systems so what they did is they installed a lot of creams for the Okay. For the, so the for the yeah. yeah, and it, this is a big industrial site. So they put sanitizers in. Mm-hmm. They put a lot of into more cleaning equipment, d- different bits and bobs as well for them. So actually improved their full cleaning system just by changing the soaps over. So again, their spend was level. Yeah. But they had a much better system, not only skincare but also cleaning system. They upgraded a lot of their equipment and so on as well. So the staff had better equipment to actually carry out the cleaning task as well. So well, that's quite interesting because then that's like almost. An investment back in the productivity for the business, isn't it? It's a yeah, case of you're definitely. not just basically buying something to solve a problem. You're basically reinvesting it into better systems and solutions to say, right, well, actually, we can now use this for X, Y, and Z reasons, which then means you can do your job better, which means the business makes more money. Well, it's like you said, like with with that again, it's looking after staff welfare as well because if yeah. you're looking after sick days and so on as well, yeah. if you've got a better soap product that people are going to clean their hands better with, mm-hmm. even we can produce for you how to wash hands guys everybody thinks they know how to wash their hands they don't yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't a lot of the time and a lot of people will put a bit of soap on one little rub and off you go whereas really you should be rubbing your hands through your fingers round yeah. and doing it for 25 to 30 yeah, seconds exactly. to yeah, really yeah. get it because yeah. the amount of dirt and if germs that get under your nails into your skin cracks and crevices as well the majority of people don't do it properly no. and again the benefit they can get for in especially places where you've got lots of staff is having sanitizers mm-hmm. is the spread of infection is massively reduced as well because these days as any employee will know one of the biggest costs is sick days it's if, i mean I, I agree with you if you can join the dots between because the way that you're just describing that point i'd buy from you now but i think i can just imagine that that person you're sitting there and you're sitting there and you're showing them all these facts and all these benefits and they're still sitting there going well i quite i don't want to change my dispenser i quite like this particular product if you can draw that as in not only a cost saving on the product but actually the potential saving in sick days or lack of productivity which has a financial benefit at the end of the year that might be a conversation you need to have like a head director level or a leadership level like a, a decision maker rather than someone who just places an order every couple of weeks yeah but, definitely a lot of the time I think about it as well is sometimes it's not necessarily what products you're using as well it's how you're using them mm. as well and if you can show to your customer a better system of using something or even some education about like you mentioned uh, when I did the talk for the guys uh, it, was a, it was a nuclear facility it was for mm. one of my customers and they, were, they weren't using the skincare properly they weren't using the right systems and none of them were interested whatsoever and they had no interest in skincare. They're all six foot five burly blokes. Yeah. We produced a, a poster for them. It was a bit of a joke about without your hands, you can't drink a beer, you yeah. can't drive a car, you can't comb your hair. It was done with a silly poster. It was a bit jokey. But we went in and I went in and did a talk for them for, for 20 minutes telling them about cream. You know, you sat down in front of them and they're all glaring at you. They want to get on with their job. Yeah. But by the end of it, we had a bit of a laugh, we had a bit of a joke, and a few of them came up to me and said, look, you know, what would you suggest for this, or how would you do that, or, or what would you do? And, so they had lots of infections. Yeah, and, and yeah. they had all sorts of problems that, you know, they, they were just muddling on with, and, yeah. and by simply adding a few dispensers in the right, because the way the system they had before, it was like I mentioned, they had the dispensers over a sink. Yeah. No one ever told them really why to use them. They just thought, oh, that's moisturising cream, I don't need that. Yeah. Whereas when you explain what a barrier cream does, it's to protect your hands and what the after work cream is to try and restore the hands back 
to how they normally are and help them with their the natural uh, restoration mm-hmm. between work. Once people understand that's the the system of why you use it, and again how you use a proper step process and moving on from that one, if you look at the the food industry, yeah, you've got a slightly different three step process yeah. as well, where you you wash, you sanitise, and then you put the cream on as well. So okay. you generally would use a, a barrier cream after that, and then your after work cream later on. So again, it's a slightly different process, but again, it's for that kind of industry if you know it, it's I mean. kind of horses for course I mean that, that's one of the things where where people ask us what, what we do and it's a case of it, it would be easy to say well we supply PP and workwear but then it so does everybody else it's like well what makes us different it's a case of well it depends what you need from us and in that regard with regards to sort of uh, uh, hand cleaners and, and sanitation products as well as chemical products it's like tell me what you're using and I can do a bit of analysis to find out actually is that, that are you using the right products because we can sort of put alternatives in there or comparable products in there or I can tell you why you're using that and you maybe don't need oh. to use that as because it's overkill. Um, so when people talk to us about that particular point, the way that our system is, well, we need to speak to you first. There isn't a solution out there that you can go onto a website and just type in, well, I want this and I want that without getting 30,000 different products to choose from and only price as a guide. So it's interesting you were talking about price earlier on about um, how you're positioning yourself to either compete with the big boys or or in the market in relation to that one and the benefit it has to the customer. Because uh, that's one of the things that our biggest objections or one of the biggest objections is price. Mm. Well, I think as well what I find is when you're speaking to somebody about skincare, yeah. um, well, all cleaning really, to yeah. be perfectly honest, as I speak to them and find out what they're using, and look at A, what they're paying, and if B, if they've got any problems. Yeah. So what you need to do is identify the issues on the site. What are they using so, for? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. they're using. So that if the issue is you've got a branded product and you're paying a small fortune for it, if your staff have got um, skincare issues, mm-hmm. if they've got dermatitis, if they've got cracking, breaking, things like that, look at what they're doing as well as part of their industry and say, well, at the moment you've got, for instance, a heavy industry, they might be getting lots of oils and greases on their hands, but they've got no heavy-duty cleaners or they've got no creams and barrier creams or no posters and notifications of how to use the products, when to use the products, where to use the products, Mm -hmm. or they're badly situated. You identify the problem at the site and then you bring a solution, which is to reposition the defences or put a different product in or switch up this for that one as well, which a lot of people don't think about when they they try and sell people something that's going to be a solution, they think. Yeah, square but peg it's, through a round yeah, hole. Yeah. It's potentially not right. It's what the salesman wants to sell. That's easy. We'll stick you a skincare board up. That'll do. Whereas they don't go in and educate people how to use it, mm-hmm. which, again, is going to help the staff. And in turn, it's going to save money through sick days and through almost also staff fulfillment as well. Because mm-hmm. if the fit staff feel they're being looked after, they're going to be happier in the workplace as well. Whereas if they feel they've been left oh, yeah, with yeah. something that's inadequate, let's say a tub of swarfiga on the floor, you're dipping it, you've got it all over your trousers, all over the floor, people are slipping, you've got slip and trip risks, which yeah. you know any employee will tell you these days, you don't want to be on the on the wrong end of a lawsuit well, for one of them. But that's that's a lot of people sort of seem to think that that's outside our mind. But what you've just described there is basically just adding value to the service. So it's not just about the products as in that compared to that in terms of linear price difference, it's a case of well, if you buy that, you get this, and this is going to allow you to do that, and you can start painting the pictures for them a little bit better. So we're talking about there, obviously, slip risk or lack of that one. I mean, I've just got an idea in my mind. My dad used to be a mechanic, and <laughs> I can remember that smell that Swarfiga had, mm. or maybe still has. You still get it through your nose, yeah. and your signs, and, and, and you know, yeah. you're a kid. I'm, I'm talking about maybe about six or seven years old, I think, um, and I remember 
going to his garage and you know messing around with spanners and what have you because you're a kid and then putting this stuff on and it was just like like rubbing your hands with like sand mm. like, like I don't want to do that I remember I've got it it's exactly the same moment yeah. you come in with dirty hands and my dad would take you to the garage yes, and say yeah. put some of this on and be like oh, what is it you know, yeah. it's like it's horrible because you've got like you know kids skin and it wouldn't and come like, off for days as well you'd be you'd be trying to smell it, it off oh, and, yeah. Yeah, it just it just felt like sort of like rubbing like almost rubbing with glass or like horror, like really rough sand but it, it looked the way you describe it, it's like the bucket, obviously greasy hands with, with uh, engine grease on there, scooped up. This is pre before everybody knew uh, about skin infections and, and like dermatitis and so because that was not seen to be a manly thing at that mm. particular point. And I remember looking at this tub, which was massive. It was like something you could sit in a bath for. And I'm just going to visualize it now and just putting your hand in there and just like all greasy handprint. And I'm just like, what? But then you think now people are still using that. Mm. We, you know, we talked about that all mechanical. Oh, millions thing. of that people That might be a cultural thing. Yeah. Like my dad did it or my granddad did it. If it was good enough for them, it's good enough for me. But then the analogy you use, like you don't just use your hands for work. You go home. You know, you've got wife and kids. Do they really yeah. want to be sitting there? And I mean, I've got like I said, been using hand sanitizer. I've got like little paper cuts. I keep mm. catching it. And you know, so like you're picking something. You go. Yeah. And I go to the gym. <laughs> And we'll, we'll, we can get on to coronavirus now and obviously what, what Merton Group uh, puts in there as well. But obviously with all the panelists going on or the, the, the heightened vigilance, should we call it, I've, we've got these um, <coughs> hand sanitizers at the gym. And I know at my gym, which isn't a, it's not a bad gym, it's not, a, not a, like a top-end gym, but there are guys in there or people in there that don't necessarily have the best personal hygiene. You know, when you mm. walk in there, it's like, you uh, smell like stale smet. Yes, I've so, been to the several gyms as well, and I yeah, know exactly what you mean. You don't yeah. wash your clothes. How, how confident am I that you're going to go to the toilet and <clears throat> wash your hands? I'm not. I, you know, so I'm, I'm every time I go to a, a different um, a machine, I'll be washing with stuff on there and doing the whole hand wringing and everything. And I've done it, I've caught it a couple of times, I'm thinking... This really like starts stinging. So these guys that are doing that, getting dermatitis and like the real crevices in there, mm. it's cracked. And I couldn't. I mean, they probably can cope with it because probably more burly than me. But I couldn't think of anything worse than going over the weekend and not being able to go and play golf or do something because of my hands. Yeah, that, definitely. It just baffles me that the people when they've got a solution out there aren't necessarily using people it. People use so. it and again. It's like when just briefly again, if they might have a system in place, but they might not be using it properly. So again, oh, yeah, it's, exactly. again, it's education. Education you, adding value. Yeah. You mentioned before then coronavirus, which is the the big one these days. Yeah. Which that uh, COVID, I mean, our, COVID nineteen. Yeah, our, our phone lines have been ringing off the hook for sanitizers, which are going out the door like there's no yeah. tomorrow. So it's any type of sanitizers been clearing us out. The manufacturers are struggling to produce it. But people are now wanting the ones on stands with the automatic dispensers, which yeah, yeah. aren't cheap, I'll tell you now. No, no, no. And again, there's a lot of other solutions again, because a lot of people look to the skincare, which you also need a, a robust cleaning technique as well. So mm -hmm. again, it's by using sanitizing products. Again, a lot of people would tell them to switch out a multi-purpose cleaner for a sanitizer. So using a, a, a cleaner with a sanitizer in as well. As a, what, like a hand cleaner? Yeah, no, yeah. but for the few surfaces as well. So oh, make okay, sure you're cleaning yeah. surfaces, door handles. So use, um, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of our customers will be using a multi-purpose for their, for mm -hmm. their general areas. Um, and a washroom product, which is a sanitizer and a cleaner. Yeah. So again, you can use the washroom on the door handles and places like that as well to stop germs and things transferring. Mm -hmm. Have sanitizers placed in places where you're going to use them on reception desks yeah. or entrances to doorways and heavy, so on. Heavy as well. traffic areas. Yeah, yeah. But again, making sure people are washing their hands correctly as well. So yeah. it's making sure you follow a, a simple hygiene process, like the adverts are saying. You know, you've got to be aware of uh, of your hygiene out there, but 
I'm, I'm more so aware of it now, but I tell you what, I mean, I, I was just thinking about, I was, uh, I was going to London a couple of months ago and I was on the train and uh, I've always, I've not been germ-phobic, but I don't touch public surfaces, particularly like, you know, handrails and stuff mm. that everyone in the world's tra- uh, touched. And if I do, because like, the train sways or whatever, you, you grab it and then you think, I've got to wash my hands now. I don't carry sanitizer with me, but I'll make sure that I'll go and wash my hands. I've seen people sitting on there doing all this one, touching every single surface that may or may not been clean, and then putting food in the mouth. still eating a sandwich, yeah. And I, 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 my, my nephew does that, and I just think, oh, if you could only, he'll, he'll look back <laughs> and he'll be like, ah, oh, I wish I'd not done that now. But as a, as a kid, they don't know. But as a grown adult, you're thinking, my God, your, your immune system must be world class because I could I wouldn't think of anything doing that not only because I just, just that thought of just like I'm ingesting all kinds of nonsense yeah all it's kinds just, of weird stuff yeah it's guys. like yeah it just don't really sort of uh, well, having a couple of kids myself I've seen them you know they're doing all sorts of stuff and they're eating crap and we've yeah. got a dog as well so you, that's like, like another world of nonsense yeah it makes you, just, you look down and you think <laughs> you know just, just children giving crackers and food to the dog and it's like dear oh dear oh dear but kids just don't know but again I think these days now people are getting a bit more educated mm. I mean I was saying about the coronavirus I was out for a run with my little boy last week and they were loading food into the Chinese takeaway mm. but the guys all had face masks on well, what type of face masks? they were just paper masks yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. going to do no good whatsoever for it's anything it's a placebo and effect That's the it thing is and, and he was asking why it was and I was trying to explain to him about it because we obviously you know hammer home with him he's seven yeah. years old about washing his hands properly mm-hmm. about all this and you know he's, he's got quite a good understanding of it for somebody of his age but still most children have got quite poor levels of hygiene exactly. because the distance don't... level it's like, oh yeah my dad says this one I'm just going to go and touch every yeah. single surface they don't understand it and but it, you see it lead a lot into adulthood whereas a lot of people don't have any concept of their, their personal hygiene mm-hmm. and, and especially their hand hygiene as well and, and what sort of germs can be transported and spread across and how long germs last for and by a simple you know skincare and cleaning regime people can keep them hopefully germ free and it can stop you getting ill as well which is these days is such a big thing in in the industry about sick days like we mentioned before that was the pen well that, i mean that that was an interesting thing i read the other day on uh, on coronavirus again there's all no matter what sort of um site you look at or what source you look at there's always an asterisk next to it we believe this to be the case mm. based upon like SARS in 2003 the coronavirus it's between three to five days it can live on any surface mm. because it's a, it's a non-living um, uh, organism or entity whatever you want to call it. it it's basically made out of RNA and that attaches to certain uh, receptor cells within you which is how it sort of mutates and, and, uh, and replicates so this thing can sit on surfaces like you described door handles I mean I was thinking our place of business and obviously other places of business you've got door handles which people might wash because it is entrance exit mm. points kettle handles yeah taps f- taps fridge yeah. handles and then toilets that you would normally probably give them like a quick once over and like even putting the toilet seat down there when you're flushing because that word is it aerosolate mm. although when you type it into google it doesn't come up but aerosolize the the it all oh, no, atomizes little bits and they but go the around and they dryers. drop on surfaces hand i mean obviously i work for a paper manufacturer so yeah. as far as i'm concerned hand dryers are the root of all evil uh, and should be yeah. uh, taken off the market but I mean, on a serious note your hand dries if people haven't washed your hands properly are literally circulating all that bacteria around whereas yeah. It's not as environmentally friendly to use a hand towel, a mm-hmm. lot of people say, but it's a lot more hygienic as well. And you actually get it. I mean, you've seen most people when they wash their hands and they walk out, especially in, let's say, a pub 
Well, they'll wash yeah, their hands. Yeah. It'll go into the hand dryer, and they'll be seconds, walking yeah. out, and then it'll be wiped on yeah. the jeans, on the shirt, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously any bacteria or dirt on your jeans, on your shirt, wherever, straight back onto your hands before you've even got back out to the bar. Yeah. So it just goes to show by using hand dryers, which most people won't have the patience to stand in front of for the proper thirty seconds. Yeah. They'll then try and dry the hands somewhere else. Well, you've got those old. I mean, the air blade. Is I think it's a, it's a great design. It obviously mm. still has a problem where even if you do wash your hands properly and use it for the whole sort of uh, rising open, it fires it down. If someone doesn't do that, it's still aerosolating or aerosolizing the, uh, the, the the stuff that's in the air. They've also got but the problem. old hand dryers mm. were horrible. Yeah, you know, you're sitting there. The reason why they do wipe it on is because it's like uh, you might as well blow on them. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, well, that's useless. The old uh, the the blade hand dryers as well now though yeah. need to be properly maintained. So the ones you see in let's say shopping centres, mm-hmm. what happens is they've got a drip tray down the bottom yeah. that catches all the all the dirt and all the bacteria yeah. that's going through there that needs to be emptied every few hours to keep it effective. It's been used a lot. Does it get done though? In shopping centres, a lot of the time there are quite good ones, but you often go in and see them in sort of service stations. You yeah. see them yeah. in sometimes pub toilets, places like that where you can see the black and the bacteria gathering down in the bottom of the tray. So you're actually putting your hands into a place where there's lots and lots of bacteria. So after you've washed them, you're actually putting them back into the hornet's nest, shall we say, as well. So again, if it's, it's like anything, if it's maintained properly, it's going to be effective, but if it's not, yeah, well, then that's the, yeah, that's why you need a row in the washroom. You need, um, like we do, like I mentioned before, we do the eco dosing products, which yes. is a, a super concentrate cleaning product. So it's environmentally friendly because uh, one liter will make um, up to a thousand liters of active mm-hmm. chemical for your trigger sprays. All you use is 10 mil in a trigger spray or into a bucket. So in a washroom, you should be using our product as a, as a cleaner sanitizer. Yeah. So what it'll do is it'll clean by emulsifying all the dirt. So if you're mopping, wiping, yeah. it'll get picked up on your cloth. So then when you rinse it out, it'll get taken into the solution of the water. Yeah. And then the sanitized area of it up to the EM1276 for killing germs and bacteria on surfaces will then kill all the germs on those taps, toilets, floors, or whatever. Yeah. A lot of people fall into the mistake of using a multi-purpose cleaner everywhere, yeah. where they'll use that in the washroom where it's a smell nice, but it's not going to kill any germs and bacteria. So on your taps, you're cleaning, but you're not actually killing the dirt and the bacteria off it as well. So yeah. again, that's why with a general soap, it's going to clean the dirt and the, a bit of bacteria off your hands. But if you want a proper cleaning solution, you either want to use an antibacterial soap yeah. or you want to use a soap and then a hand sanitizer, which is going to do the final killing of the germs and bacteria on your hands to give you the proper two-stage hand clean as well. So what product, if, if we're talking, we'll finish off on coronavirus now because I'm sure everybody's bored to death of reading and hearing about it and, and, and worrying about it. What what products would you recommend that Merton produce then in terms of hygiene? And then we'll go on to the surface. Well, for your, for your hand hygiene, you can if you're using a, um, let's say, a foam soap, um, uh, like an aromatherapy like one we do, which is like your sort of your molten brown style fragrance soap, okay. you can switch it out for an antibacterial, which has got germ-killing properties. So your antibacterial soap, like you'd see used in medical facilities and places like that, so it will actually kill the germs and bacteria on your hands. Unlike a standard soap, which generally just cleans the dirt and will wash bacteria off, but it won't give you a complete clean and kill of all the germs and bacteria. Mm-hmm. Then you would use either a foam or a liquid sanitizer, which is going to okay. finish the kill job as well, and make sure you've got a. a, a it, it, that's the way they use the, in the food industry. So yeah. you'd use an antibacterial soap, then you use a sanitizer, and then, the and then you can actually touch food you're going to cook for other people. So it's classed as a 
brings your hands back to a sanitary condition, basically. Put the barrier cream after the sanitizer. Yeah, put the barrier yeah, cream yeah. on afterwards, yeah. Again, if it was in the food industry, it'd have to be a non-perfume barrier cream to make yeah. sure that you're not going to be putting... You don't want to be biting yeah, you're yeah. not going to be putting any taints on any of the food products and anything <laughs> as well. Way, so, yeah. again, it's it's making sure that you use everything in the right time in the right place, if you know what I mean. So, so what are the product names there? If you're going to use a foam soap, what's the Merton product name? So, we've got our antibacterial foaming hand soap. We've got then our Viral Plus range, which is the sanitizer. So we've got okay. our Viral Plus foam sanitizer, yeah. which is an alcohol-free sanitizer. Okay. And then we've got our Viral Plus liquid sanitizer, which is your alcohol sanitizer. The reason there's two different types is sometimes the alcohol won't be used in places, for instance, a lot of Muslims won't want to use an yeah, alcohol yeah, sanitizer. Sense, yeah. So in a lot of um, multi-type, multi-ethnic areas, you can put in um, an, a our foam which is the alcohol free mm-hmm. also the alcohol free some people prefer it because it gives a slightly different feel to your hands as well you know, the, the, the hands yeah the, it, it, it's not as the liquid one the alcohol because the alcohol is quite strong in mm-hmm. there it can dry your hands a little bit whereas the foam doesn't do that as much right, as okay. well so yeah. again it gives you those two little bits slightly different products but yeah. both will have the same result in the that's end of course if uh, I, the, the faith thing's one aspect but if, if it is a case of I like that I prefer the feel of it that can sometimes be down to it it's like okay, yeah it's sometimes personal preference yeah, if it's yeah. going to do the same job it's going to do I like the same the look thing. of those boots yeah. I'll buy them and then when they find out it's a bit more expensive then they might consider the cheaper ones but it's <laughs> okay yeah we buy with our eyes don't we in everything that we do well again with uh, a lot of cleaning again is perception is reality so if you yeah. like the look of it the smell of it you're going to think it's very effective. I like deal with quite a lot of Is that like what you're talking about, the example about people that disinfect the floors, thinking yeah, it, it smells nice. It smells like it's, nice. It's, yeah. You know, you, you walk into a building, it smells nice, you think it's clean. You walk into a toilet, it smells nice, you think it's clean. could be the dirtiest, yeah. most infected place yeah. in the entire planet. It's a argument, isn't it? But yeah, <laughs> if it smells nice, it's the perception that it's clean. So yeah. your mind instantly thinks it's clean. Yeah. So as far as that is concerned, that's why a lot of cleaning products do have uh, our fragrance because people will instantly think an area is clean yeah. no matter how dirty it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what kind of surface... Imagine if you, uh, if I was a public transport company, so a tram company, bus company, train company that's got a heavy load of traffic, as in people that have been yeah. on it, from all different areas. Because you can imagine what train stations and bus stations oh, are Oh, like. definitely, yeah. So it's not just like concentrated in like one... So if there was an outbreak in, say, Sheffield you could sort of contain it. You can't because you've got people coming in from all different areas. What type of products would you sort of recommend for like a train company or a bus company? So if uh, the most cost effective, you're looking at our eco-dosing range. So we do uh, yeah. a, a kitchen, it's a viral plus kitchen safe sanitizer. So that will clean and it will sanitize. So that will kill all germs and bacteria on surfaces, but also clean them. If it's literally just a, a germ kill you're looking for, mm-hmm. we do premix trigger sprays that come in a nice purple color with our viral plus range. So it basically it's a spray and wipe product. Right. Very much similar to what you'd see in a gym, you know, when you're wiping your equipment yeah, yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. That kind of product as well. It's very, very quick and easy to use. It's pre-mixed. You can spray, wipe, it'll kill the germs and bacteria and basically get the surface back to a okay. sanitary condition as far as the bacteria is concerned. In relation to, have you, have you had much uptake from that from transport companies? Have you had... We haven't had huge from transport companies. We don't deal with a lot. Some of our distributors are, are quite big into that sector. We do mm-hmm. with a lot of tool companies. That's what I mean. That I, as well. Even if you're not sanitizing And they direct. push. But at the moment, the real push has come for hand sanitizers, skincare. Mm. There hasn't been as much of uptake on product sanitization. Uh, sorry, on surface sanitization, mm. which for me is is completely wrong because the general place you're going to get it is by touching it 
on a surface. Yeah. So a lot of our contract cleaners we deal with, what I've suggested to them is they switch out any multi-purpose, switch mm-hmm. it for our kitchen safe cleaner sanitizer. Mm-hmm. It'll still do the same cleaning job as the multi-purpose, maybe not quite as good as the, the standard multi-purpose cleaner, but it will also kill germs and bacteria. So Which let's say they're they want, yeah. cleaning um, the communal areas of an office building. Mm-hmm. They will switch out, instead of using on the all the surfaces around reception, around door handles, everything like that, they'll use the, the kitchen safe sanitizer and it'll basically do the same job, but it'll also kill the germs and bacteria on there. So it'll hopefully protect the people in the office, the staff, yeah. from catching any infections from from the surfaces basically. Well this is the thing that so, I, mean, I, I agree with you, I mean I've, I've spoken to the sales team downstairs and I said like you know we really need to be targeting the transport companies that we already work with and potentially other ones because this, I'm not saying that you'll be able to turn around so it's because it's <coughs> a certain rail or northern rail or virgin trains or wherever it's going to be but if you don't look after those and I'd hate to think if he did a swab test on them how how infected they would be. Certainly, I mean, like, well, case yeah, in I point, wouldn't like to see it either. You know, I, I, I've also I've got to keep into in mind when you think to yourself, you can go too far with this when you're trying to live inside a bubble. But you know, just just being on a tram or a train or a bus or something like that, you're just thinking to yourself, right? I've seen people here doing, you know, rubbing the nose or rubbing the mm. mouth or, you know, because it's a cold morning, a bit of, bit of snot, as gross, as gross as that sounds, just wiping it off and then perhaps touching the eye and then coughing and then sneezing and then into the hand and then they're carrying on doing what they're doing, touching, touching the, the phone. But the thing is, they'll be touching the phone. So even if they do clean the hand, they touch the phone again and they're just passing back on the bacteria or the germs that were on the phone that they put on in the first place and then grabbing all of the, the handle. You're thinking... I mean, I was on one this morning, and I, and, I, and the guy was just—it t- it was almost like he w- it was his mission to touch every single hand grip. And I just thought, <laughs> I wouldn't do that, even if even if we weren't in coronavirus. I, I know there's a point where you can go overkill and overprotect yourself. But I'm thinking, I just, I, I just don't, no, I don't see the, the the logic of that, and that these these companies aren't then saying. Actually, we need to get a plan in action here. They, they might already have a great operating plan in terms of of keeping it clean, but if they don't. And all it needs is, well, actually, there's an infected train on there. Well, again, it's, it's how germs are spread is is fascinating. So I was told a number of years ago from um, a family of my granddad actually caught um, MRSA was the, the big one yeah, a while yeah, ago yeah. in the hospital. The flesh eating, the flesh eating. And what what was saying was that there were a lot of people were catching it from. They didn't know how it was spreading around the hospitals because the they, they were watching. Well, partly air conditioning. So the, the doctors were washing their robes. They wash, mm-hmm. sorry, washing their the jackets, the shirts, the trousers, washed every day. The ties. The ties. Oh, really? Nobody ever washes a tie. I've never washed a tie. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know anybody who's ever washed no, a tie. No. How and would they, you? they were saying that they, 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 they tested quite a lot of ties, and they were saying it was actually carrying a lot of viruses. So they're going from wall to wall with the tiles, so they stopped a lot from wearing ties Makes to sense. stop the spread yeah, of yeah. disease. Because unless you either wash your tie with, and we do um, a viral plus range of laundry products. Mm-hmm. So basically they will wash your clothes, but also kill any germs and bacteria, in, much yeah. like the surface ones. Yeah. So again, it's a robust cleaning method that you use throughout hospitals and things like that to make sure that your all the doctor's gowns, all the surgical gear are, are clean. But again, it just shows that in businesses, a lot of the time, if they're washing staff, uh, staff clothes, cleaners clothes, things like mm-hmm. that, sometimes switching to a product like that can help them as well because it yeah. helps keep the spread of germs around by having the cleaning staff who are going to pick up a lot of bacteria and a lot of things as they're moving around into a, a, a properly washed and clean uniform that's got no germs and, and viruses in because yeah. a lot of these things might survive in the wash yeah. at a certain temperature and then they're putting on a uniform that's actually already 
carrying certain bacteria. So they might have exceptional personal hygiene. Yeah. They might be more conscientious than it, but they're putting on the clothes. On the clothes, and then as they touch the surface, they're, they're wiping things down. Yeah. Their sleeve might be spreading it around, or their, their, their uniform, or their little the tunics that they wear as well. So. And I mean, you, I mean, moving past the whole coronavirus thing, it's like goes back to what you were saying earlier on about uh, staff um, sick days. I mm. mean, that... It, they, they might pick up bugs at any particular time of year. It tends to happen at this time of year, anyway, because yes, the flu is in the cold, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's out there. Um, so you, you can get a situation where if they don't do, I think a lot of people's perception with this one is they've got to do a deep clean now. Like it's mm. almost like, the weird thing is that the, the inquiries that we've had, we've had obviously the P2 and P3 masks, which are the valve masks that everybody's. Well, most people that are educated to a point of scene rather than the paper mask that you see yeah, and you're thinking do you know good whatsoever yeah, yeah. I've, I've actually seen people wear masks with a beard and I'm thinking I bet you've not been face fitted because if mm. you had they'd have told you a clean shave so that mask is not effective anymore and then they're not wearing anything over their eyes mm. and you think so, okay well the, the protection elements is, it's only as good as the information that they know so they've not really understood it all but then when I, start, I, say, I think to myself, well, okay, we've had those in, uh, type of inquiries and we, we've sort of fed some information and there's a supply issue in the UK as well. I've had people inquiring about like full hazmat suits. I'm yes. thinking, what are you using this for? Because uh, this is another concern. You've obviously described if you're talking about food preparation areas, you've got to go to like another level, another two or three levels. Certainly now, considering if you're wearing, if you look after personal hygiene with your products and then you go after the clothing products, now they're talking about hair nets and everything else that they wouldn't normally use. Mm. It's like, well, you, have you been watching it like Chernobyl or like Back to the Future thinking <laughs> yeah. it's coronavirus? It's not plutonium. You don't need yeah. a lead shielding. You just need to be vigilant over what you touch and, and, and how you transfer it over there. It's a very strange time, I think, with, but with people. I, I think people have gone a bit over the top with the coronavirus yeah, exactly. as well because, you know, people get more concerned about flu same amount of people die from flu every year and no one gets all panicky about flu every year but it's really it's seen there every single it's year it's seen there every, every year whereas if people were more robust about it there would be more cases of, less cases of it each year because yeah. people actually properly looked after themselves and, and used the proper products to clean the buildings as well I think mean, I mentioned to you before a lot of the time you'll see people using the wrong products for cleaning a building mm-hmm. or you know, they might be for, for instance using a disinfectant a pine disinfectant to clean the floors which yeah. it's all very well cleaning germs and bacteria on the floor but you need to actually clean the floor with a cleaning product first yeah, yeah. if you're going to disinfect it yeah. The other thing is, unless you're in a food premises, there's actually no point disinfecting a floor because people are just going to walk on it. People don't touch things off the floor. No. People people shouldn't eat food off the floor. And, and people don't often touch the floor for any particular reason. So if you're actually disinfecting your floor, you're, you're almost wasting your chemicals. You might as well clean the floor to get it clean. Yeah. Unless it's in a, a hospital or a food area or a canteen or something like that, you need to clean and disinfect surfaces where people are touching which you can do with a, a multi a product that will do both, or you can simply use the correct product on the floors and actually just clean them rather than just disinfecting mm-hmm. them, which is a, a total waste of time, really. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so that, that might be, sort of bring us to a nice point where we can sort of end this now or slowly get it there. So let's talk about two big things from a customer's point of view. I'm prepared to have as advocate. I'm, uh, you've come in to sell your products to me. What are the typical objections you get from most customers or most clients? Not the people that are selling it, but actually in the office, that the end user, yep. so to speak. What are the typical, and how do you overcome them? Well, with cleaning, with skincare, with everything like that is, or oh, this is the way we've always done it. Right. Is yeah, old one. a yeah. big objection that you get from, that's generally from the, the end users who are actually using it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what you need to say to people in that system is show them how the system is either inadequate mm-hmm. or can be improved mm-hmm. or is going to benefit them. So whether it's going to improve their skin care, cut down the sick days, improve their conditions of the skin and so on as well. Mm-hmm. If you can show them a few things that can improve, it generally gets you over the line. And again, if you can get the end user on board, yeah. it will generally get the people who pay the bills on board. Yeah. And the other side of it is, especially with skincare, is what about the dispensers? I don't want to change them. Right, okay. So if you can show them through a conversion chart that if they buy the dispensers, they're still going to make a saving in the first year and then a bigger saving in the second year, or sometimes look at doing an agreement with them where they come into a supply agreement, you do the dispensers for them, we fit the dispensers for them, mm-hmm. they don't even have to worry about it, all they do is get the savings. Again, it can often get you over the line and they say, look, well, let's do it in one area now, trial it, and I guarantee you that your staff will want to go with it, they'll be happy with it change it over and everybody wins so do you think there's a lot of people out there do you get much demand for people going there's got to be a better way or do you find that most people are are, I use the word ignorant but I don't really mean ignorant in a a pejorative but are ignorant to it because they think it it works well yeah I know exactly what you mean it's not particularly that like I said not that they're ignorant to it it's just the system that's been used for years and years and years and it's like when you look at any walk of life if you've been using a system it goes especially with with cleaners these Mm. days they've been using a system they don't want to change it and they will fight like yeah, cat yeah, yeah, and dog yeah. to try and stop that getting changed and then as soon as it's changed they're like well actually this is actually a better system and so, it's actually the education and getting people over the line that it's because people are stuck in their ways it's like yeah. you know if you've been doing something in your job for years and years and years and then someone says or someone puts a, a fresh set of eyes on it mm-hmm. um, it might be a much 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 better system and I'll give you an example from from when I started with Merton Group we used to go out and do surveys with contract cleaners. Mm-hmm. Um, the survey form I showed you on Excel, yeah. it's got lots of different lines you can fill in. A building I could do with 20 floors all on one page with 10 different types of dispenser, mm-hmm. all on one page. It'll calculate it on Excel. Uh, and then all we do is we send that over to arrange for the fitter. Mm-hmm. Jobs are good. You've got the right number of dispensers. You've got all the info on yeah. there. You've got access times, yeah. etc. The way it used to be done before I started, I mentioned there was some uh, an old school way of doing things, was it was done in a Word document yeah. with three different washrooms on each page or three different areas. Right. So on each floor of a building, you might have four or five washrooms. You might have a couple of canteens. So that's two, three sheets of A4 already. Wow. So you do, let's say, a leisure centre that's yeah. got 40 oh, toilets, yeah. Yeah. gyms with different pumps yeah. in. You're talking 30 sheets of A4 you've got to fill in. And then what you've got to do is go through and count how many dispensers they are, transpose it onto a different sheet that's got to go to the fitter. Wow. So having me, when I came in, I said, well, no, this is... This is wrong. (laughs) So we need to change it to a simple Excel document that's all on one page and it's got everything and then can go straight to the fitter. So there's no, and it's saved hours and hours of admin time. And again, it's just a little change. Yeah, of, but it, it, the benefits the eyes on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that sort of the same way of thinking. We've got a portal system for our um, for our ordering. I mean, I, I, when we're doing like email campaigns or when we're doing social media campaigns, we're talking about this. You do get some people that think that we're a, a software sort of manufacturer or creator, and and then they still have to go and buy the workwear. Mm. It's like, no, no, we're a PPM workwear <clears throat> provider supplier that has a software system that allows this to be easier for you so you don't have to use 50 different sheets. We've gone into clients, and I've personally seen it, where they've got spreadsheets. And, okay, if you understand Excel and you're a bit geekier and into that one, you can drive Excel like you wouldn't believe perfect for you because someone can give you a sheet and say, right, kick out all the formulas that we need to know, when Bob used this, when Frank ordered that, and all this kind of stuff. But if you haven't got that and you're doing that manually, 
our system now does that automatically. All right, Kate, you still spit out an Excel form that you've then got to use whatever you want to use it for because it's up to you. But we've done it all for them. For that simple reason, it's a case of we're trying to make your life easier. For me, what you've described here when you go into a system, it's a case of it's not just about cost savings. It's actually about sort of saying, doing things in a better way that will deliver you more costs, but it has a much more beneficial or added value on top of it in terms of all the productivity, all the, uh, the lack of inefficiencies, mm. giving you the support and education to allow you to tell you guys or the training to, this is the best way to do it, the benefits them and you. And obviously there's a financial benefit at the end of the year as well. It kicks all the, the main pain point areas that customers have or don't even know that they've got. Yes, it's really, like I said, it's about identifying what the issue is mm-hmm. and solving the problem. You know, you go in yeah, and you yeah. solve someone's problem and they're happy. Simple as. But if they don't know they've got a problem, that's what we're talking yeah, about. You've got to identify like, yeah, yeah. the issue for them and say, well, this will be a better solution. This is what I think the problem is. This is what I think the solution is. Mm-hmm. That's the cost saving. Let's try right, it. let's go. Do you guys, I mean, it's a, I'm going to use the word Pepsi challenge now, but have you ever done like a kind of a Pepsi challenge with the nearest and dearest competitor? We, do, we do it all the time. So, what I do yeah. a lot of the time is we would, uh, if I've got a customer who's got somebody who wants to put in a new skincare range, a lot mm-hmm. of people are apprehensive. So, we'll mm-hmm. say, let's try it in one area. Yeah. So, let's have a look at what you're using. Change that, for instance, one washroom, trial it for a month, see how you go. Then we can go in and do a wholesale change, and uh, once they're happy with it, and off they go. And I don't know anybody who once has tried it and looked at the cost savings, thinks, well, let's just stick with the old system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know a couple of customers that off the top of my head probably would do that. You could give them, you could offer them 50, 50 quid for free, and they'd be like, nah, I'm, I'm all right, I don't <laughs> want to get off my chair. And it sounds like it's ridiculous, but they're, thankfully they're one of the, the few ones. Well, it's, it's similar to the old cleaner now and who they've been brought in who's still using Zaflora, mm, mm. which is the, the old uh, thing your grandma used to use, which yeah. is just an old disinfectant yeah. now. And it's I heard it on the, on, um, uh, the radio the other day. They had a woman on, is it Mrs. Hinch, who does the cleaning oh, yeah, uh, on, uh, uh, on Instagram. It was on, the, yes. it was on Chris the Evans one with on the Virgin. One that she's a bit crazy. And she was saying, there were people phoning in and asking what to use for what. And she was saying, right, you want to clean this with Zaflora? And, it, and honestly, I, I nearly, I nearly crashed my car because mm-hmm. the floor is just a disinfectant. It's not actually a cleaning product. Do you know what you should do as a company? And, and we'll talk about this afterwards. Your sales director, you should be tweeting her or this morning. Well, that's what I said to her. But yeah. I'm not even on Twitter myself. So I said, I said to her, yeah. I said she'll probably have all her followers that'll come and start harassing you then. But you uh, yeah. your mouth is, we'll film it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if uh, and then just basically pitch it. So I say, if you're wrong, we'll give you a, a year's worth to mm. buy this when you've got an endorsement for free. You know, it's uh, we can. I think she's about got about three million followers or something as well. So there you go. But yeah, you, you can tap into a new market. I will, we'll talk about it afterwards because uh, that's an interesting one. We're always looking out for sort of those type of um, sort of situations that happen organically that you can sort mm. of potentially tap into. So the last thing, then we'll talk about it. Um, the main benefits of Merton Group. Obviously, Merton Group's not. Like you say, it's like a not it's a known name brand as such. Yeah, really. I mean, the, the main benefit of Merton Group is what we try and do is we provide not only cost savings by doing a non-branded solution. We're also a UK-based manufacturer. Okay. So we've been around for forty years, so we can be trusted. We've been we're a privately owned company. So again, we're not going to sell out like a lot of paper manufacturers and so mm-hmm. on have done these days to the to the big boys out there as well. We also try and do everything in, in a green way. We've, we're ISO accredited for our supply and our manufacture. Mm-hmm. So we're also 
everything we do is trying to look at plastic reduction, trying to look at the green yeah. footprint, carbon footprint, reducing plastics on all our products, uh, obviously carbon footprints and so on as well. So again, it's, I mean, our sort of little strap line is cleaning products that don't cost the earth. So it's obviously okay, a, yeah. a play on words with two means. Yeah. So they don't cost the earth as in the green aspects, but don't cost the earth as in they're going to be financially beneficial as well. So again what we try and do is we try and do something slightly different to a lot of our competitors who will just look at what you're using mirror it and just sell you the same thing whereas what we try and do with our with our distributors and our customers is find a solution for people that is going to improve what they're doing save them money but also reduce the carbon footprint makes sense i mean that that's yeah i mean that's that's kind of where uh, the philosophy that your company and we've got is, is quite the same thing i mean Nobody buys PP because they want to. Nobody buys disinfectant and hand cleaner because they want to. They do it because they need to. And why do they need to do it? So the business can operate, that they can make money. Yeah. So if you 100%. can make that as easy as possible for them and add value, save money along the way, then that's got to be the optimal. But you'd be surprised how many people kind of look at it and go, oh, it's a bit pricey. That, Or in your case, it's a case of, well, we've always done it that way. I don't want to change it. It's a mm. bit, so you've kind of got to get through those barriers a little bit. But yeah, there's some good stuff on that one. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up now. How long have we been going on that one for? I don't even know. Is it fifty-one minutes? Fifty-one minutes. I'm no gonna, word. I can, there we go. Right. Don't think it was that long.